millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great $7,000 malicious compliance story. But first, a story from Timothy53. My first boss and how he got the whole team every certification available. When I turned 14 years old, I got my first summer job and had one of the best bosses I'd ever had. I recently found out that unfortunately my mentor and someone I consider a friend, John, passed away. Although it's been well over 20 years, I still use the lessons learned and the work ethic he passed on to me. Although at times he could be hard, he was more than fair and always did the right thing for those that worked for him. This is the story of John versus the new president. Before I get into the story, I need to give some background and context on John. John was the textbook All-American Boy. John had attended a prestigious boarding school somewhere in New England and eventually attended Yale back in the late 50s and 60s and was not only a scholar but a three-sport athlete. He played football, he boxed, and was a captain on the track and field team. Fast forward to when the story takes place and John was still in phenomenal shape for a late 60s, early 70s man. John opted to move out to the country, start a family to follow his passion, which was teaching at the local high school, and coaching high schoolers in various sports. Obviously, he was the high school football coach, taught track and field, he was an outstanding shot put athlete, and could run a mile and many other long distances. As a teacher, he had the summers off and became a lifeguard at the local town beach, eventually becoming the captain of the lifeguards. Over time, he developed standards for the town slash county slash state lifeguards to pass. He really transformed what was a ragtag style of lifeguards into a full-fledged official lifeguard corps training academy and set the standards for what is still used today. John was eventually hired to run the lifeguards and manage an entire private beach club instead of working for the town beach. One of the biggest challenges of this, since it was a private beach club, John now reported into a president of the beach club who oversaw how things were run. I started working for John as a helper on the beach and then eventually a lifeguard. And for the first couple of summers, things were great. The president of the beach club took pride in having the best staff and making sure that lifeguards were well paid. And to his credit, safety was the utmost priority. This private beach club certainly catered to the more wealthy clientele who wanted a nicer club instead of going to the public beach. Some of the advantages were the amenities, which were lockers, cabanas, private parking, a very nice restaurant that served great food and drinks. This was one of the few beach clubs that also had the ability to serve alcoholic beverages. One of the good things John had instituted was that any returning member of the staff from the previous summers automatically got a raise. This ensured that staff returned the next summer, avoiding a lot of retraining, and as you can imagine, growing pains with a new staff. What was even better was that if you returned multiple summers, you still got an additional raise. Most summers, this was a dollar or two. For example, I started at 7.25 at 14 years old. This was back in the late 90s. And by the time I was in college, I was making almost $15 an hour. 
Typically, the president of the club serves a term, which is a few years, and when his term was up, a new president was ushered in. Upon taking office, the new president loudly proclaimed that he wanted to ensure that the club had fiscal responsibility, and he would be personally going over the books with a fine-tooth comb. His first order of business was to cut everyone's pay all the way back to minimum wage and fire most of the lifeguards. Now, as noted above, the staff was there for a long time, knowing most members and how to run the place. Prior to the start of the summer, upon learning that their hourly wage would be cut, most of the senior staff immediately left and were quickly hired elsewhere. The lifeguards were spared at the appeal of John to ensure safety. Although some senior guards left for other beaches and pools, John was able to convince the lifeguards as he would take care of things. On to the malicious compliance. While John agreed to have the staff take the pay cut, he convinced the new president that any lifeguards with additional certifications would get $2 an hour on top of the base minimum wage. The new president obviously didn't consider that any of those lifeguards would put in the effort or if it was feasible to get any certifications in time for the summer season, and he agreed to the plan. As you can imagine, John basically established the process and curriculum for becoming a lifeguard and personally trained and hired most, if not all, the trainers in the town and county. John was also a volunteer fireman and knew all the EMS personnel and, not surprisingly, had either taught them in school or hired them as lifeguards in their past lives. John quickly called in favors from every trainer and certifier across the county who were more than happy to repay all the favors John had done for them in the past. Most waived the training fees and expedited the training sessions for the lifeguards, and they wanted to promote safety for the community. Prior to the start of the Memorial Day weekend, and what is effectively the unofficial start of summer, all of us lifeguards and new staff become certified in pretty much every single possible certification that existed at the time. I mean, I'm talking crazy complete overkill and unnecessary certifications for a regular lifeguard. We got trained as either EMS or EMTs, although lifeguards had to be certified in CPR. We retrained and got our CPR certifications again, life-saving ocean and pool rescue techniques, certified swimming instructor, certified food inspector, the club had a kitchen, certified county pool operator license, certified sanitary inspector, cleaning the bathrooms. We even had one guy who wanted to learn how to scuba. The county's firefighters had a water rescue team who coincidentally were certified scuba instructors. Most of us guards became certified divers, open water divers, deep water rescue divers, the whole works. I could go on and on about all the certifications we got. The lifeguards not only went back to their original wage, but in most cases, went well above what their previous wages were. At 18 years old and back in the 90s, I personally went from making $15 an hour to $27 an hour, all due to the certifications and trainings. It took a month or so for the fallout to happen. While the new president tried to renege on the deal, John was smart enough to have a formal arrangement in place, and there was nothing the new president could do besides witch about it. He winded up resigning his position to spend more time with his family at the beach. We rarely saw him around that summer, and I think he eventually stopped coming altogether, opting to join another club. John made nice with the new president and explained his philosophy on training and keeping staff. The new president agreed and some of the senior staff winded up coming back with the promise of their original wage. 
A few weeks ago, I heard from friends and former colleagues that just at the start of the summer season, John passed away in sleep of natural causes at the ripe age of 91. He was still working, although not as much in the past. It was more of a I want to keep busy type of thing than a need to work. Every morning he would take out the lifeguard's rowboat and get some exercise in. After all, he was a certified rowing instructor. Rest in peace, John. You were the best. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I love hearing stories like these because this is one of those guys that if you worked for them or you worked with them, you would run through a wall for them. Have you ever worked alongside somebody so awesome that if it came down to it, you would go out of your way to make sure that you could keep working with them? Let me know down in the comments. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. Our next story is from Q&1, Malicious Spending. A while back, around 2008-ish, I was working for a small outbound sales call center. I'd gotten the job as a transitional position because I needed money while building my own business. A couple of my friends and my family worked there in management roles, so it was basically a hookup job anyway. I started as an outbound sales associate and we were contracted to sell identity theft protection for some very popular card brands and banks. These clients also provided the program with incentive money every month for us to spend on the employees who were selling their products. Remember this, it's important later. I have a background in management, so I was easily able to get myself moved from sales to team lead to program manager to operations manager in the span of about eight months. By the time I made it to operations manager, we had opened another call center close by, and I was informed that my center would be shutting down and we would all be moving to another program at the new call center when our contract was up. This was followed by a conference call with the clients and senior management. It was on this call that I learned that the incentive money for the program even existed. Later I found out why the previous managers had hidden this fact from me was because they were in fact pocketing a large portion of this money. I learned that day that we were being given $10,000 a month just for incentives and there was only about $2,500 mailing it to the employees for per sale cash incentives. I was heated to say the least at this point. This is where I get malicious. When everyone else in the building had moved over to the new place, it left only myself, my team, and one IT guy left in our building, which they planned to only keep for two months max. So I went to the branch manager, call him Corporate Bob, and got the credit card for my program. He hassles me about what I'm going to buy, and I tell him, just a few prizes for employee incentives this month, to which he begrudgingly agrees and says something about receipts. Okay, Bob. I then proceed to tell my team leads to decorate the center in some circus-themed crap we found in a closet for the next day. The next day was the beginning of a new call cycle, which meant new money for incentives. I started a month-long campaign with our sales teams, and we got a bunch of fake toy dollar bills. Every time they made a sale that month, not only did they get their regular commission and whatever bonus we may have had going, 
they also got these fake dollars, which they didn't know what they were for, just that they needed to hold on to them until the end of the month. At the end of every week that month, we had carnival food of some type brought in. I'm talking funnel cakes, those long butt corn dogs, jumbo turkey legs, etc. Now this whole time, Bob's been on my butt about the card and those receipts, but only via text, not email, which is required by the company for all business correspondence. This was odd because this was literally the only texts I ever got from him, but I kept delaying and delaying. I then sent an email out to everyone in management in the other building to come over to our building on the last day of the month for a lunchtime special event. They all showed up, sans a couple of program managers, but all the upper brass was there. Let's rewind back to my shopping. Once I found out that we were getting $10,000 every month, and we only spent about 2.5 thousand, I went to Walmart, Best Buy, Cons, Cabela's, and more. I bought TVs, Blu-ray players, video game consoles, camping gear, barbecue grills, stereos, board games, and a bunch of smaller stuff. I spent a bit over $7,100 in total. Flash forward back to the special event. I stopped all of our outbound calls and waited for the queue to clear. I then rolled a cart full of all the prizes from the office and had all the salespeople come take a look over them. Then I informed them that we would be having an auction using all the fake money bills that had been accumulating all month, and then sent them all to lunch. Senior brass circled me like the hyenas from Lion King at this point. I explained that I felt we'd been underutilizing our incentive money, and since the program was nearing the end of the contract, I wanted to incentivize the team to keep pushing through. I then handed Bob the receipts and went back to planning the auction. He and the two others were hot under the collar but couldn't express it. I still haven't seen that shade of red duplicated to this day. Here's the thing though, it freaking worked. The sales team went on to shatter every center sales record for the next six months, staying open four months longer than expected. It sparked an investigation into the use of the previous funds. Three people were fired and a couple more quit. The auctions continued every month. I got promoted over at the new building, but left soon after to move and focus more on my business, but not before I promoted my leads to management. I'm assuming OP doesn't really know, but I feel like there would be some real legal action going down after that investigation, but unless you had sources on the inside, I don't really know how you'd find out about that. But I would love to hear that these guys got taken to court and got all those thousands of dollars pulled back from them that they, I guess you could say, embezzled? And our final story of the day is by C.S. Togdill. I'll take you up on the offer to stay out all night at 17. For four years, from ages 13 to 17, my parents told me that the night of your senior prom, you do not have a curfew. When I got a car and started dating at 16, my curfew was a painful 11.30pm. Painful because I lived in a rural area and that could easily mean I had to leave an hour earlier from a date or event. I didn't have a date for senior prom and didn't want to go stag, unaccompanied, so I just planned on hanging out during and then going to the parties afterwards. Prom was on Saturday and on Friday my parents who knew I wasn't attending, told me they expected me home by my normal curfew. My malicious compliance was telling them not to bother waiting up for me, as I wasn't coming home. When they protested, I reminded them, the night of my senior prom, I don't have a curfew. You never said I had to attend. 
That was the day I learned that being technically correct is the best kind of correct. I can just imagine OP's parents, like, sitting at the dining room table holding each other's hands like, Oh, I sure hope he's gonna come back safe. I can't believe he's technically correct in using that against us. Honestly, let's be real though, the coolest thing here is that OP's parents didn't, like, apparently flame up at them or yell at them or expect them to just go back on their promise. At least when OP was technically correct, they just let it happen. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was way crazier than any of the stories in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.